0: This message was recorded at a Christ Central training event. Christ Central is a family of churches served by an apostolic team led by Jeremy Simpkins. We're part of the wider New Frontiers family and we carry the prophetic call that we can do more together than apart. To find out more, visit our website, ChristCentralChurches.org. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Uh, It really is remarkable, isn't it? To to be able to gather from all over the world in this unexpected, unusual way, and yet to retain that intimacy of friendship going back many years. And uh, I personally have an iPhone in front of me, so I can't see a screen full of faces, which I'd love to see. Uh, Earlier on, I was just... uh, spinning it around which I can do and uh, it was amazing to see uh, the different nations represented and such loving familiar faces from yeah all over so it's a delight to be with you it's a joy uh, to join you and I do pray I can be a blessing to you we're living in extraordinary days uh, this pandemic uh, unprecedented I think this time last year I, I flew in I think my wife, Wendy, was saying to me this morning, I think we flew in the equivalent of this day last year from South Africa, uh, where we'd been um, uh, busy preaching. And on that last weekend, I remember you know embracing people, shaking their hands and uh, flying home through the night. And we arrived at Heathrow, where everybody was standing apart from one another. And we got on the motorway, which was almost deserted. And I think the next day, the official lockdown uh, started and uh, quite extraordinary, really, at that now, uh, instead of being completely shut off, we are able to reach across the nations without le- leaving our homes. So it's really peculiar. But I do pray I could be a blessing to you. And uh, Father, we just pray that your spirit will be on us and that you'll speak to us where we are, dear Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So. I- I'm aware that these are extraordinary days and days where we can find we are uh, really getting frustrated and, and that one day after another can seem very much like another. Some of us are very busy. Others of us are kind of twiddling our thumbs. But there's a great danger that we should not be the leaders God wants us to be. And the verse that uh, I thought impressed upon me is found in Hebrews 6 and uh, in verse 12. I'll just read to you. Uh, Part of the verse. It says, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Not grow sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The danger for us is that we, without intending it, can begin to lose our edge just through the strangeness of the days we're living in and it's interesting this word sluggish uh, in the previous chapter chapter 5 and verse 12 it says by this time you ought to be teachers you have need again for someone to teach you it says because you have become dull of hearing you've become dull it's the same word sluggish dull and the terrible thought of our becoming dull is something that really should trouble us. It certainly troubled me when I stumbled on this verse. I thought, yeah, it's very vital now that we as leaders don't grow dull. I think it's very possible for people in their weariness, uh, many staying at home, working from home, uh, many going through a routine that's becoming the same day after day. The danger of growing dull is very real. And one thing we don't want the church to be is to become dull. And we as leaders... I need to find God's grace in that. And so one of the ways in which we could grow dull, as I thought on that, I just began to think about our makeup. And I was thinking verse that verse talks about you should by, by now be teachers. And that that stimulated me to think about, yeah, dull in our minds, dull in our thought life. We We need not to grow dull there. We need to sharpen our thinking, And we need to be careful that we don't uh, grow uh, lazy mentally. And so, yeah, we need to read. We need to excite our minds. I've been so delighted, to be honest, to get into loads of books. And uh, I just read uh, Andrew Wilson's latest book, which is just about things. Uh, I mean, when God was handing out brains, I think he gave Andrew like three brains in one or something. But he's written this book. It's quite extraordinary. And he's got chapters on dust on pigs, on rainbows. And he's got 30 chapters about just stuff that God has made. And it's such fun to read. It's so stimulating because he he just focuses for a while on all these 30 different things that are just such ordinary things. And yet in them, he finds God and finds how God has acted. God God's intention in making them, God displayed in and through them in the most mundane ways. And it was just so stimulating uh, in my mind to ponder that. And and in reading other books in these last uh, months, and for myself, I've been been writing a book on on the life of Moses. I thought it's important to keep one's mind alive and alert because one could so easily just begin to dull down. And I want to encourage you in that, that, hey, let's keep our minds alert. Let's keep our minds uh, lively on top. Let's keep, yeah, taking on stuff, reading in the scriptures, expecting to meet God there. Our minds need to be alert, kept alert, not grow dull. And then also, and secondly, emotionally. I think it's very possible because we don't have these big meetings, We don't have situations that normally where we find emotional release. We have the frustration of the difficulties we're in. Some people have tried meetings. Uh, I personally haven't been involved, but I was talking to one of the girls from the church in Brighton, and she said, said, I kind of had to bite my lip because they said, you're not allowed to sing. You can be there but not sing. And I thought, oh, I couldn't handle that. That's why I didn't go. But, I mean, the emotional enjoyment, much of it is in the context of other believers. And so we can begin to dull down. And if we're not careful, our emotional expectation begins to shrink. Now, that's a terrible danger because we need emotional Uh, involvement we need to understand that for us who believe it's joy unspeakable and full of glory and and, you know that didn't change uh when the pandemic kicked in god didn't cease to be a supplier of joy and uh, uh we need to remember to come to him as the fountain of delights i was uh, singing in my own devotional time recently. And I just remembered, I just, when a song has come to mind, I started singing. And I was reminded of that song of uh, Stuart Townend, which says, I come to you as a fountain of delights. And as I sang that, I just found I'd seen that verse, that line again and again. You're the fountain of delights. I can I can discover in you a fountain of delight. I'm going to experience it now I'm going to rise to this. I'm going to start singing and uh, clapping my hands and celebrating. I think if we don't find emotional joy, we start, you know, we just turn, we're getting bored now. So, you know, you see people say, well, I'm watching Netflix every night or I'm going through this whole series all over again. And people kind of of proxy emotional fulfillment uh, by go somewhere else because I'm just so bored. I don't know what to do with myself. No, I'm not against watching stuff. I just say, let's make sure that we're really finding our joy in Jesus. I I read a quote of a guy called John Flavor last year, and uh, he was a Puritan. A Puritan is not famous for joyfulness, but that's uh, they got bad press. It's not actually accurate. But he makes this point that the way we're constructed we, we find our joy, not from something spontaneous inside, but we need to go to Jesus and he can give us what he calls ecstasy, which is a fairly um, strong word to use in finding joy in Jesus. But he made this comment, if we don't find our joy in Jesus, our souls will go in secret search for emotional fulfillment somewhere else, because we need it we need this lift. And if we're not careful to find that in Jesus, then yeah, we will. We'll go in silent search to find it somewhere else. And so let's remember Jesus is the fountain. He's my fountain of delights. In his light, we see light. With you is the fountain of life. And I would encourage you to make sure that you're really enjoying the Lord. For myself, I I have a worship time every morning. I can't get to church to worship, but I can. I, each one of us is a temple, not only when we're all together, but I can have my my temple meeting and uh, just sing to him, sing in the spirit, sing in tongues. I find sometimes uh, I have a whole hymn book. Uh, I I'll sometimes sing old hymns and sometimes I'll sing them in tongues. And I, just to my spirit starts rising and I'm I'm enjoying being in the presence of God and beginning to feel that internal bubbling up of joy. I always remember uh, that that statement of George Mueller, a famous uh, man who by faith was looking after, in the end, thousands of orphans. And he had this statement, my chief duty every day. He said, what will that be? Uh, Having the money for the orphans, getting food on the table, He said, no, no, my chief duty every day is to make sure my soul is happy in God. That's ever so important. If we can have anything for anybody else, my chief duty is to make sure my soul is happy in God and beloved. That's possible. We don't have to wait till this pandemic is over. We don't have to it's got so boring. Every day we can come into the temple of God. Every day we can come into his presence. Every day we have this wonderful privilege of the Holy Spirit being with us. We we can enter in. I've often used the illustration of uh, when you get on an airplane and uh, they make this statement every time that if there's a problem with the oxygen, um, you'll find that uh, a mask will fall down. And uh, you have to put the mask on and breathe in the oxygen. And they always say, if you have uh, someone with you, maybe a small child, put the mask on yourself first. Uh, and you may say, well, what about little Johnny? I want little Johnny to have the mask. I'm not going to put it on myself. I care for little Johnny. Uh, and they say, no, put it on yourself first. I think I think they know what they're talking about because uh, if you try and put it on little Johnny first, sometimes little Johnny says, I don't want it, I want it. And, uh, you know, you're going... <clears throat> I'm dying here. Get it on, Johnny. They know what they're talking about. Make sure you've got your oxygen. Make sure you've got your joy in the Lord. Or you're going to find the next phone call that comes in, you'll find yourself saying, yeah, isn't it boring? Isn't it awful? Now, we need to have that fountain of delight. We need to make sure we're not growing dull emotionally. We can make sure we're not. We can be singing to Jesus every day. We can enter in to that joy unspeakable, that full of glory. It hasn't changed because there's a pandemic. He still has available. He still has a fountain of joy for us. He said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew who was speaking to you, you'd ask him to give you living water. You'd have in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. Beloved, we've got that with us. We can keep drawing on the Lord. We can having, yeah, emotional enjoyment. It's important. The joy of the Lord's our strength. And so we need to keep making sure we're getting in his presence, enjoying his love again and again. I've just been asked to do a series for Scott Marks in uh, Zimbabwe and uh, just been working on the trinity i've so enjoyed getting into that and uh studying it and then looking at the latest one looking at the holy spirit just yeah he's such a fountain he's so near to us and so let's make sure that we're not growing dull emotionally let's also make sure that we're not growing dull in our will uh so we, we we're we're grace people we're not legalists Uh, by the grace of God. We've been taught uh, legalism's a killer. And some Christians, their whole life is just obeying rules and so on. But we have to see the difference between legalism, which is an absolute killer. Legalism is trying to impress God by the way we, we do stuff. We pray or we read our Bibles and we're saying, have I done enough? Am I impressing you, Lord? no we don't need any of that god's given us the gift of righteousness hallelujah and uh we don't have to impress god because we're hidden in one who's already impressed him and he he gives us that positive righteousness we are already uh, righteous in his sight we're his delightful children hallelujah but that doesn't mean we don't want to choose disciplines and so we don't want to grow dull in that way we don't want to say well i won't bother uh because well what's you know we've got to wait and we may have months to wait no it's important that we have discipline of the will so the intellect the heart and the will see it's important that i said the scripture says don't be sluggish if you look at uh, the book of proverbs you'll find the sluggard is one of those characters that features frequently the, it's quite funny in places About the sluggard, but one Proverbs thirteen verse five says, "The sluggard craves, but gets nothing." That that was quite an eye opener to me. That I didn't think the sluggard wanted anything, but the the Proverbs says, "No, the sluggard craves, the sluggard wants, but he doesn't. He doesn't uh, take any action. The sluggard craves but gets nothing because he's not disciplined." He doesn't take responsibility. And so the slugger isn't a rare species, really. He's an ordinary man who's made too many excuses and postponements. Ed Cole, who's a great writer, I think, says this, the popular notion is that maturity comes with age. He says, no, you get old with age. Maturity comes with taking responsibility. We need to take responsibility. We need to make choices, stand by them, be diligent, and uh, uh, you know you don't need to lose that. We don't need to lose our edge because well, it's just a boring season. No, we need to make decisions, set some targets, and go for them. And uh, it's important to understand that. Some say you're only young once, but you know you can stay immature all your life. And I've I've met some amazingly mature young men and women. And some amazingly immature old people. Maturity has to do with taking responsibility, developing uh, our willpower, making steps by the grace of God, by the enabling that He gives us. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control, but we don't, during this pandemic, want to just get lazy. It's very possible you hear of people saying, "I don't take my pajamas off all day. I don't bother to get dressed." Up don't bother and and that can get into your soul and we can lose our edge because well we we don't bother we don't take the step so let's be careful and let's uh uh not allow ourselves to be sluggish so what does this verse say it says don't be sluggish so what's the alternative just work hard work harder no no that's not what i'm going to say that's not what the verse says The sluggish, it says, don't be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, this is the wonder of our Christian faith that God makes us promises. And the great danger is when you grow sluggish, you drift away from holding promises secure. Things that God has said to you. This is the way that in the Bible we see God works. We see God makes people promises. And then very often there's a a kind of a delay factor, there's a problem, there's a challenge. And the way they win through, the way they gain their inheritance is that they don't let go of the promises. And if we if we grow sluggish, if we think, oh, when's this going to end? So on, we can drift from. The promises, but the promises are absolutely crucial. The promises are, to be honest, something that make you distinctive. You know, God deals with us individually. I love that phrase in Hebrews. I think it's in chapter 7. It talks about Abraham. It talks about him as the man with the promises. Someone with promises is incredibly rich. Someone that God has made a promise to it has got amazing resources. The man with the promises, it's the promises. And and, you know, most of us have either ourselves or seen friends who have Bibles uh, with verses underlined and written in the margins sometimes dates when God said this to me. I know I've got promises. I I know God's promised me stuff. I'm still looking for their fulfillment. And I don't want to let the promises drift away. And so the, the opposite to sluggishness to me is not working hard. It is making sure that by staying alive to God, alive in my emotions, alive in my mind, alive in my decision this, this making, disciplines, I'm hanging into the promises. Because the promises are what make life makes life exciting and fulfilling. So you find that we're told here to be imitators. Now, it's possible to think, well, imitation—it's not real. But uh, in the New Testament, the word "imitate" is there several times, and it's never used negatively. In the New Testament, the word "imitate" is never used negatively, and is only ever used in the present tense: be imitators, carry on being imitators. And to be an imitator, you, you've got to look fairly closely. Uh, I'm never so impressed with the uh, people who can impersonate other people. And uh, you can hear their Think, why is that? No, no, it's, it's the impersonation. So it's it's, it's someone is imitating. And in order to do it, you have to watch, you have to listen, you have to look very carefully in order to imitate. And so we need to look at some of these people in the Bible who have been faithful to the promises. And God tells us to imitate them as we consider them. So I'm reminded of, for instance, uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph has promises from God. uh, uh, And he's told that his brothers will bow down before him. He's told he's got government. Uh, And, well, it never seems to happen. You know, things get worse and worse. Uh, He's a young man, perhaps. uh, He needs the disciplines that God puts him through. And you know what happened. He gets sold down to Egypt. He's in Potiphar's house. He gets lied against. Then he's in prison. It's like every step takes him further away from what God had promised. But amazingly, he stays true to the promise. And eventually he's in he's in prison, and the two guys are thrown into the cell with him. And then they say, "We've had dreams." And I think if I was Joseph, I think I think I would have said, "Forget that. I used to have dreams. Dreams that got me in this prison. Forget dreams." But he doesn't. He says, "Tell me your dream." And I think, "Oh, well done, Joseph. Well done. You're still." believing the dream. Maybe I can ask you, you're still believing what God promised you? You're still hanging for those promises? You see, we are his workmanship, created in Christ for works he prepared beforehand for us to be in. He's prepared things for us. He's ordained things for us. He's whispered things into your heart, things he... It's what makes your relationship with God unique. God has said things to you. We're not just following the the crowd. God makes promises to his people. We're individually his his workmanship. And he he whispers promises to you. It's so important to keep those fresh, keep those alive. And the great thing about Joseph, he, he kept believing the promise that God gave him so that he could inherit what God had for him. And it's so important, beloved, that our Christian life stays alive in that way. That's how it stays alert. It stays alive. It doesn't grow dull. We're no longer simply going through the routine, just trying to keep the wheels turning. Now we're clinging to promises that God has made. Some of the promises are universal, Promises of fruitfulness, if we are believers, Promises that sins will not have dominion over us. These are promises from God. We don't want to drift back until we suddenly find, oh, gosh, I'm doing stuff I used not to do. My mind wanders into areas I used not to have problems with. Well, what's happening? I'm just growing dull. Nothing much is happening at the moment. I'm not able to get on with stuff. And if we're not careful, the standards drop. And we we let go of some of those promises that are there for every believer. Promises of victory in our our mind, our our thought life, our our emotional life, promises that God's made to every believer. And then there are those specific promises he's made to you. We don't want to let them drift away. Always think of uh, that story of David, the man after God's own heart. God made David amazing promises about he was going to be a king and everything. And then, yeah, he's in a dollops cave. Things go bad. He gets, you know, spears hurled at him. You know, life isn't what he expected. And then then one day he says, you know, the man after God's own heart, he says, one day I'll die at the hands of Saul. he's, He's letting the... The promises slipped through his fingers. One day I'll die, and then Jonathan. This is where we need dear friends, don't we? Jonathan comes alongside, and, jo- and Jonathan says to him, "No, you will be king," uh, and and he encourages him. That's where we so need one another. You know, we need to find ways somehow. This morning, I, Wendy, and I uh, spent the morning praying with Steve. And Ruth Brading. they live just uh, 10 minutes from us. And we used to meet on a Wednesday morning anyway. And then we thought, well, let's do it on the phone. Because like, I find he stimulates me. And I'm sure that I have many, many friends that would stimulate me. And uh, it's, it's great praying with other people of faith. And it's great to be on the phone. And so let's be careful that although we can't gather in the way that we normally would, it doesn't mean we can't encourage one another as people are facing huge challenges sometimes. And 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 David, the great David, was beginning to let go of the promise: one day I'll die at the hands of Saul. And Jonathan said, No, no, you won't. You're gonna be king. And at that time, it was this, it was his brother who brought him through and got him back to the place of confident faith in God. And that's what God wants for each one of us, that we should be assured, secure. But there were times when, yeah, we get buffeted and we need the help that comes. And so we can keep our eyes on these. We can think of Abraham who, in spite of the delay, grew strong in faith. He was delayed. Things didn't happen as quickly as he thought, but he grew strong in faith Giving praise and glory to God, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. God wants us to retain that attitude and to keep our eyes on him, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance. Endurance produces a perfect result that we may be mature, complete in what God has for us. So, beloved, I felt God would say this to us, that we should not grow dull, beware the danger. Sometimes you can feel it creeping up on yourself. We can feel, wow, how long is this going to last for? How how long is it going to be? Oh, it's not going to be. We're not going to have this. We're not going to have that. I remember last year I had a very, very full diary, loads and loads of stuff, and a line went through it. And you think, well, another month, another month. Yeah, yeah, come on, ride it off. And uh, you think, wow, this is tough. And, and God wants us to hold on and not let go. I, I know I can, I can, I remember once before when, when we were in the church in Brighton, and we used to uh, have building projects, and God had told us that he would use the building projects as an anvil to hammer out our faith. And we had to raise a lot of money. And uh, I remember when we were getting the Comet building that Dave Fellingham had found, hallelujah, and we were doing it up, and we wanted to pay for it all before the end of the millennium. And it was a battle of faith. It was quite an exciting adventure. And we used to have our three offerings a year, and we we were going for 100,000 each time, which was... Uh, a challenge and an excitement and so wonderful to see God providing again and again and uh we we, we went through the January or at least the spring offering and yeah we hit our hundred thousand and then we went through our summer offering and we did it again we hit hundred thousand and then we went through our autumn offering and I remember we got 85,000 and uh I thought, oh, well, hallelujah. And I remember saying, to them, you know, I didn't want to beat anybody over the head or anything. And I remember saying, okay, we got 100,000, 100,000, I got 85,000, isn't it great, 85,000? And, and I was praying later and I felt God said to me, so 85,000 is all right, is it? I said, well, you know, it's great, is it? We got 85,000. And I felt, so God said to me, I thought you wanted 100,000. I said, I did. So he said, So you're settling for 85, are you? And I, I just felt, Hey, I I thought God was telling me off that I'd, I'd settled for when, when we'd asked for 100,000. And I'd grown dull in my faith, I'd not pressed through. And, and I thought God really stirred me. And so we got down to prayer again and cried out to God again. And hallelujah, the 100,000 came through again but I I knew in my own heart, I'd allow a a, kind of a dullness to creep in. And and I wasn't pressing through to inherit everything God had for us. And I believe that God wants us to stay alert. God wants us to stay focused. God wants us to keep reaching to him. I know for myself, I'm sure many of us have realized this, that uh, we're going through an extraordinary season and God is sovereign and God knows what's happening. And I've been praying ever since the virus started that God would use this as a time when we might see people beginning to have some huge questions. You know, life and death, uh, employment, salary. I mean, huge things are happening. People losing their jobs, businesses closing down. and, And at such a time, maybe, Maybe they might ask big questions about, you know, is there a God? Can I pray? And, you know, God beginning to move. And, and to believe God that this might be the start of people starting to think again. Uh, we've been doing a lot of alphas. I think we've got four alphas going at the moment in the church I'm resident at. And uh, uh, one girl, well, one young young woman, got saved recently, a, a nurse uh on alpha course and then she came back to us and she said i've got 11 other nurses who want to do alpha with me um can you help me that uh, she's just a new christian and uh, she's i thought wow so quickly looking for others 11 uh nurses that want to do alpha and she started it and doing it with her and uh i am in touch with scott marks in zimbabwe and their church I was amazed. He said, we've got 70, 7 alpha courses going uh, at the moment in Zimbabwe, in their church, River of Life. He said, man, alive! life. That is tremendous, the, the way they're going for it. And their situation is so tough. Um, the coronavirus, the, the political problems, the financial problems. And I think, wow, they're still trusting God. And they're pressing through to see God work in the midst of it all. And so, beloved, we are, yeah, we're living through difficult seasons. Maybe maybe we're past uh, the peak and we are getting ready, I pray, Uh, and pray that as spring comes through, I always think spring is a great time. And uh, I'm always so reminded of those early chapters in Luke's Gospel, after the long uh, season between the two Testaments, and there's no word from heaven. And then the beginning of Luke's Gospel, Uh, You get those wonderful breakthroughs where uh, Zechariah meets with an angel and the spirit starts moving and uh, Anna and Simeon and Mary and uh, Elizabeth, these prophecies, it's like the spring coming through, the Holy Spirit active, the beginnings. And we know praying that God will come, God will move, God will stir, God will stimulate, and that we, we stay fresh, beloved. We stay ready for when we come out of this season. Uh, we don't just want to go back to how things were, earnestly praying, we go back to something different, something fresh, something new from God, a greater sense of his moving among us, greater sense of his commitment to us, his presence with us. And so here's that word I feel God says to us this today that we should not grow dull. Let's not get sluggish in our minds, Let's keep our minds alert. Let's keep reading stuff that's stimulating, digging into things that make you think. In our emotions, that just, oh uh, well, you know, you, could, you can yield to it. You can let the, the sort of same old, same old uh, begin to get to you. So you have to make a diligent determination not to let that happen. Go to the fountain of delights. Keep singing the songs. Keep enjoying the presence of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit, be charismatics. Let's enjoy the Holy Spirit. Let's enjoy the presence of God. I encourage you to do that, and then make good decisions. Yeah, we're not legalists. We're not. We're not driven. God forbid. We don't want to become driven people, but we do want to make good choices. We do want to make sure that we're not just letting things happen because well, we've got to wait months yet. No, don't get there. We need to be as leaders, particularly alive to God. And then this verse, be imitators. Look at these people in the scripture who have made great promises. God's made us great promises. We're going to affect the, 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 the way Christianity's done around the world. God's made us great promises. I'm sure God's made promises that Christ-central in terms of when you speak to me, wow, 300, what's going on here? God's on the move. God's working among you. God must have made all sorts of promises to you. And we want to hold those promises. Believe God for the promises. I remember the very first time we went to New Day, when God had promised us that New Day was going to be a place of phenomenal significance. And we had a prophecy at prayer and fasting from Phil that He'd seen this bath. Uh, where it was nearly empty and it got flooded and went up past the kind of dirt line and then overflowed and said god said this is going to be a tremendous place of blessing to thousands of young people it's going to have national impact and the very first time we went there that incredible rain floods and floods of rain just poured up and uh and this was just the teenagers. We, we were tested like that at the Downs Bible Week. We were tested like that at Stoneleigh. But we were kind of uh, more experienced. Here were teenage kids. And the, when I arrived on the second day, the police were there and the fire brigade were there. And they were saying, you must close this thing down. And I knew if we close this down, we'll never get it open again. I just know if this very first year is a write-off. You, you can forget New Day. And I thought, no, God has spoken. God has promised this place is dead. And so we just said no. And uh, it wasn't that the police required us to, with authority, they strongly advised us, close this thing down, go home. And I thought, no, God has made us promises. God has committed. God wants to bless this generation through New Day. And so we said, no, we won't go home. We're going to stay here. And I remember how the team... We were all ready to go. They were beginning to, and, and they turned the team were breathtaking, amazing. They turned around and, and did the whole they, they sorted everything out, and the the days got better, the weather got better. And now we've been going so many years that New Day has grown. Hundreds have been saved, hundreds have been healed. The promise that God gave us held us through. We, we, we won that battle through the promises. We began to inherit what God's promised us and will continue to. So, beloved, let's hang on to the promises. Let's trust him. Let's be a people of faith. We need to be a people of faith. And uh, God helping us, that's what we'll be.